Welcome to Cleveland Moto, a vintage motorcycle podcast by people who wrench and ride. We'll be bringing you Vin Moto Chat each week, so sit back, relax, and crack a beer. Or play us over the speakers in your shop while working on your latest project. Cleveland Moto, here's your host, Phil Waters. Well, welcome to our third installment of the Cleveland Moto podcast. We're meeting once again in the basement here at Studio 45. There's Dustin cracking a beer. Yes, sir. That is officially the call, the siren song of our group of guys. Uh, it's too damn cold and snowy outside to ride motorcycles. We're recovering from the blizzard of 2011. Everybody's still digging out or slipping on the ice. Snowmageddon. Snowmageddon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you guys live in Chicago or Detroit or Buffalo, you guys are truly boned. Uh, we got. I think we got missed a little bit. We got a couple of days off of school and... And whatnot, but actually, it didn't slow down, slow us down too much. Far uh, east of here, though. Yeah, yeah I mean, east side of Cleveland got pounded as hard as anybody else. It's, uh, they know. say, in like a lamb, out like a tiger or a lion or whatever. That's <laughs> March, buddy. Uh, we're yeah. we're, in we're February, uh, February right now. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to a dealer today from Kentucky who said that, oh, they've had some pretty good weather and they're starting to sell some bikes now. And usually by the second week of February, they're up and rolling. And I wanted to punch them in the neck because <laughs> uh, we don't even talk until March 17th. You know, St. Patty's Day is officially, oh, you mean the sun's going to come out again? Uh, so that's cool. So in the studio today, so far, we've got Dustin. Uh, we've got John Fresh again. Hey, John, how are you doing? Doing very good, Phil. Birthday boy this week. Oh, yeah. yeah. Groundhog's Day. That's right. And uh, James Robertson's here with me. And uh, once again, your humble narrator, Phil Waters. Uh, I'm going to kick it off with some just my basic report. We went to the motorcycle show last weekend. Uh, we had a small booth there kind of getting some energy on Cleveland Moto. We brought some of our vintage motorcycles out, and I was really amazed at how much attention we got. It was surprising. Uh, one, it's great to have all these people come up to us and say, Hey, is that a CB400F Supersport? I got one of those in my garage. <laughs> uh, can you work on it? And I love hearing that, so that was great. We got a lot of people that are going to bring bikes into the shop and resurrect bikes that haven't run since the one guy told me his bike hasn't run since 93 i took it to the honda dealership they said they haven't touched anything like that for 10 years well that was the well, one guy said he literally he took it to the dealership he went and talked to him about it and he said well they said something about i was going to need some sonic for my carburetors <laughs> and that sonic was going to cost me 250 dollars <laughs> and i said did he mean ultrasonically clean your carburetors no, no the hedgehog the hedgehog <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get a sonic in my bike so it's pretty funny but one of the things that we thought was kind of cool uh, to get more interest in the motorcycle show, uh, it's been flagging. I mean, since the recession hit, there haven't been as many people coming into the show. And then the people that do come in, they get overwhelmed with the uh, Dream Catchers and Orange County Choppers t-shirts. And oh, what's what the latest one? Sons the, of Anarchy. Sons oh, of yes. Anarchy t-shirts. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, did you know that Sons of Anarchy had a Cleveland chapter? I didn't know that. Didn't know they'll that. They'll sell you the t-shirt. I, uh, the the fake bulletproof vest is the thing that I I can't I want to slap those people. That style has taken hold. I think what five years ago we saw our first group of uh, urban riders sporting the fake bulletproof vest or what we call the the bulletproof carrier, and uh, we thought that was just silly and it would go away right away. And no, it's it's come out. So now you can have patches on the front and back of your person. 
Uh, there mm. we saw the 200 mile per hour club guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were the do the double ton, I guess. Wow. <laughs> the double ton. Uh, du- double ton up. And I guarantee looking at any one of these do the 200 riders. Do the double ton. Yeah, do what, the- what, what bike on the market that you can go into a dealership and buy does 200 miles? Well, hour? you can buy a Hayabusa and That's you can 200 ship mile? it. Well, they, they're 186 restricted by the factory, 186. Uh, chip it and turbocharge it. Well, you don't have to turbocharge it. Okay, let's Realistically, even... you can chip it and you can do mild modifications, get a 200 mile power arm machine. But the problem is... Mild de-restricting. Yeah. <laughs> realistically, it'll do 200, but where are you going to do 200 in Cleveland? Yeah. Um, I can tell you from my own experience of the days when I used to ride real fast that even 150 or 160 miles an hour, there wasn't enough road here in this town to do it. And the other thing is, not a single guy of this group was anything less than 250 pounds. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> and so even a Hayabusa on its best day on Bonneville Salt Flask, with that kind of a rider, a 250-pound hole you're punching in the atmosphere, yeah. uh, I don't think you're... Even if they're all riding Hayabusas. Well, ha- Hayabusa w- was known for its aerodynamics, and you've just kind of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you're aerodynamically challenged. When you're the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man and you're riding your Hayabusa, you're probably not going to see two bucks. Um, but anyway, we, we saw those guys. So, yeah, the, the bulletproof vest carrier thing has not gone away. One of the things that we saw at the show that I think uh, that lit me up was Honda has passed off. They've been using Cobra, and Cobra's famous for their exhaust systems. But Honda's been using Cobra to build a lot of their factory customs. And they brought two out. They brought out one that they're calling the CL750 Scrambler, mm-hmm. and they brought another one out that is their flat tracker. Mm-hmm. And both of these are using the uh, 750 Shadow as a basis. And any motorcycle magazine that reviewed the 750 Shadow in a shootout with any other 750cc motorcycles all said, it's a good motorcycle, but it's really kind of slow and it's really kind of boring. And Honda's trying to breathe new life into it with their RS package, which looks more like a Sportster XR1200. And... I'm happy to see Cobra getting involved because, honestly, the modifications that Cobra made to the CL750 and to the Flat Tracker are both, I think, really doable. They're both something that I think they could sell in a kit. I researched a little bit more and looked into Cobra, and they had built initially five prototypes for what they were going to do to breathe life into the 750 platform. Scrambler we've seen, the Flat Tracker we've seen. They did another one called the RS750 Cafe Racer that Mm -hmm. honestly did look really sweet in artist concept. Uh, It did look a lot like a Sportster Cafe Racer with that V-twin motor in there. They did a Street Fighter that was really gorgeous. I mean, it was nice. And then they did a uh, the bobber. And the bobber was just what you'd think it would be. They cut everything down, put some shotgun exhaust on it. The ones that actually went to production, though, were the Scrambler, and the flat tracker. Oh, so those actually went to production. They went to Cobra. Cobra approved those to actually have some units of those made, whether it's just for touring or just for shows. Obviously, we love seeing some of these companies do a good job of bringing their prototypes to market. Hmm. And Honda, I think, has the best track record of any of the manufacturers of bringing weird things. I mean, we all know what we said the first time we saw the DN01. Right. We all scratched our head. The first time we see the Honda Rune, years ago, we saw the Rune and we scratched our head. (laughs) And yet they produced the bike. Now, they sold eight of them. And I think there's 25 of them sitting in a warehouse in Akron. Uh, Uh, I know a 
Honda dealer down there that thinks that's the second coming of Christ, <laughs> and he's bought a lot of them, and they're sitting like a, the you know warehouse of Raiders of the Lost Ark. They're stacked to the ceiling, wow. runes and crates. So I think we got a real chance of actually maybe seeing one of those two bikes maybe come out as a kit form from Cobra, which would be a really shrewd move on their part, because especially the uh, CL, the Scrambler, mm-hmm. We looked at that really closely. We picked it over with a fine-tooth comb. And that thing all, is gorgeous. It's all really buildable. I mean, that's all stuff that a guy could actually build, put together in his garage. I yeah. thought it was a real excellent, uh, you know, homage to uh, the CL77, like the Scrambler, and it was a good bike. I mean, yeah. I mean, there was just a lot of styling cues that really picked up right off of that bike. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I would have never thought you could take <laughs> a Shadow 750 and make it look like that. But nobody they, did. Yeah, nobody did. <laughs> I was like, wow. But it worked. I mean, it looked, it looked, it looked the part. So. Well, and to interject, also, uh, people listening, there are photos of both of these bikes from the motorcycle show right. on our blog right. at uh, clevelandmoto.com, which is you know maybe where you found this podcast for, uh, from. But if you found it from iTunes, go to clevelandmoto.blogspot.com, and you can see photos of those bikes. Yeah. The uh, other thing that they did to stimulate activity at the show is, you know, we always we would go to the show. You'd go around. You'd look at the bikes. And that was kind of it. You went home. You bought a $7 beer, and you were mad about it, and you went home. Way too many $7 beers. Way too many $7 beers. What are you talking about? We had a 30-pack in the trailer. We had a 30-pack we imported. <laughs> but the you got to buy the cup, right? Yeah, so that's true. That's true. What they had done this year was they had three different booths set up. And they were booths. They were stages. And they had one of them showing vintage motorcycle movies and the Cafe Racer film. And they really did a great job of slowing people down and getting them to hang out and see. Uh, Race Tech did an amazing suspension seminar that told you, you know, just because your bike has shocks on it doesn't necessarily mean it's set up right. The guy that was there doing the Race Tech thing was brilliant, and I learned a lot. But they tapped me on the shoulder on Saturday and said, we're going to do a piece called How to Build a Cafe Racer. And my cheese alarms went off instantly. And you always hate to volunteer for that crap. Wow. You're like, oh, yeah. What did we decide that the three keys are to building a cafe racer? I opened the show by saying, uh, if you have a 59 Club patch on your jacket, you can walk away now because I'm about to piss you off. Uh, And I said, I could save us all a bunch of time by just saying, handlebars, bum stop seat, and rear sets, done, everybody go home now. But what we did was we pulled up an SR500 that we built up on stage uh, that's kind of a cafe tracker. We talked to people about using uh, otherwise inexpensive motorcycles Mm -hmm. and how to bring what you feel a cafe racer is because cafe racer was originally a frigging insult. I mean, cafe racer was the worst thing somebody could tell you, and it, it would be a, like it was a, a newspaper headline. It was a newspaper it was headline. All, all it, really it was there to say, you know, these cafe racers, not real racers, not legitimate motorcycle racers. Right. These dudes who are risking our lives by racing on the street, cafe to cafe. It was totally a mean thing to say to somebody. It was the d bag of its day. And it was like saying you're a wannabe star boy or something. Yeah. Well, same with a ton up boy. Yeah, right. You know, so these, those are all th- all those yeah. names are pulled from British newspaper headlines. Right. And we've embraced them and said that okay, this is a term that we like. Cafe racer is kind of a cool word uh, if you're not listening to a Blondie album. So they uh, 
they had me come up on stage and we talked a little bit and we answered some questions about building cafe racers. And my whole thing is, you know, keep it on the cheap. So I focused on that and I didn't spend a lot of time talking so, about So you didn't say first you have to go out and find a British bike. Right. Yeah, that was my first thing was like, you know, you may want to talk to your friend. If you're thinking about cutting apart your motorcycle, you may want to make sure that you're not talking about cutting up your AJS or, you know, your, yeah. your matches. That, would, that or something. would be ridiculous. Right. So it was kind of fun. Uh, but it was nice to see that they put that kind of energy into it, honestly. So giving the customer at the show three different stages to participate in, different seminars at different times, was really neat. And one of them was on setting up your. Uh, your touring bike like your adv rider type bike so they had some really decent stuff and people actually those seminars were well attended i was really surprised how many people were there i really liked the uh moto flicks booth uh i i liked it so much i bought the uh you did come back with a video <laughs> what was that uh Take it to the limit. Take it to the limit. And uh, maybe it's because I heard it all weekend. Maybe that was the former soundtrack. I heard the the soundtrack all weekend and uh, (laughs) had to go buy it. And it it was really done well. Like, they showed some bits and pieces of Cafe Racer, the the show and the movie. They did Take It to the Limit, uh, any given Sunday. I mean, it was, if if you're going to the motorcycle show, it's worth sticking around that extra half hour and checking out one of those booths, uh, especially if they do the seminars like they did in cleveland at every other we were set up right where you know we got we kind of got put in place in the show a little late in the game but they set us up right next to the vintage japanese motorcycle club and they set us up with our back right to motoflix mm-hmm. so we were kind of in this little um, whirlpool of vintage motorcycle oh, and penton cycles penton cycles mean... was right across the street from us so it was fun yeah, to see mca down the street yeah and really hey, hey! It was really cool to see all of the people in that motorcycle show, which can be a little daunting and huge. Uh, There's only so many assless chaps and sunglass polish. Yeah, that was that was the catchphrase of the Did you see the two girls with the the chaps and the boy panties on underneath? (laughs) I did uh I did manage to avoid pretty much the whole rest of the show by walking the outer perimeter. The outer perimeter, right. Yeah, um, don't get stuck in the narrow streets. Yeah, yeah. it was, you know, I, I did see a lot of uh, wind catchers, or dream catchers, rather. <laughs> yeah. mm. uh, a lot of jewelry. There was one place called Skulls and Stuff, or Skulls and Such, <laughs> that uh, they were selling. Skulls and Chrome. <laughs> it, it, it was about that, and they, they were selling jewelry, you know, earrings, you know, stuff from the 80s, you know, the dangly... Uh, <laughs> Fishing lures. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> Roach clips, yeah, yeah, yeah stuff we've, like that. We've got our uh, our latecomer Shane Post in here now. Shane has posted up. He's I, posted. Correct. If, if anybody wants to know my personal opinion on skulls, I have. A... <laughs> <laughs> I want before he gets into this. I want to say this is the best uh, <laughs> mantra Rant? for 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 skulls it's, ever. It's like it's it. just brilliant. The number, the number of skulls you have on you, your gear, and your motorcycle is directly proportionate to the number of prison penises you want in your rectum. <laughs> I, I believe the first time he said it, he wow. said prison cocks. Prison cocks. <laughs> I, decided, yeah, I decided to class it up a little bit. Hey, well, we, you know, we got the explicit thing on this, right. so we're, we're we can right. cock right. is fine. Well, yeah. we'll try and keep it. We'll try and keep it yeah. PG. So know? take a look at your riding gear, <laughs> and the more fucking skulls you have on your shit, the less I really want to talk to you. I have looked at. Every piece of everything I own to see how many skulls I have. No right. prison penis for you, huh? No, no. Well, no, not no because guy. of the skulls, mainly oh, because right. of the jail time. Yeah. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Exactly. The uh, that's cool. Does anybody have any stories they've been looking at or following up on? They want to bring. 
I'd like to touch base on, um, I know you guys talked about it last week when I was, not talked about it, but talked about Orange County Choppers. Yes, we did. And I'm not a chopper guy, and I don't want to bring any relevance to the culture of choppers. <laughs> I mainly want to bring this story up because it shows how big a, a douchebag that most chopper guys are, and, you know, Paul Tuttle Sr. or whatever can come and kick my ass. Don't, don't, sure, don't sugarcoat it there. <laughs> <laughs> but Too close. It, this gained a lot of relevance this week, mainly because it was on the show American Choppers or OCC or whatever they're calling it now to you know dodge some sort of creditor. Um, that uh, OCC Choppers or Orange County Choppers is being foreclosed on by GE Money Bank, their lender for their building, their new high tech, you know, innovative building, um, because. Paul Tuttle Sr. has decided that since the market tanked last year and he paid $12 million or $13 million for his building and now it's only worth seven, he doesn't have to pay his current mortgage payment because, well, the building's not worth what he originally bought it for. So he's just not going to pay? No. Well, oh, why, okay. why would you? I mean, yeah. I bought my house for, you know... Right. A car payment, <laughs> but it's not worth that now. So why would I pay the mortgage company for something that's not worth what sure. I agreed to pay them at? Like I think we should all do that. That's, that makes perfect sense. No, it's pure white trash logic. Yeah, you know. So he's just yeah. stopping paying. No, he uh, he missed like a ninety four thousand dollar mortgage payment. Ninety four. No, that's a mortgage payment. That's a monthly payment. <laughs> ninety four thousand. Ninety four thousand yeah. dollars. The building was originally yeah. bought at thirteen million dollars. He had. One eleven and a half million dollar mortgage payment, and then a one point five million dollar mortgage payment. Um, so last July, ninety four thousand dollars, I could pay my house off in a month and a half. Right last on. July, in in relation to his lawsuit with his son, which he's suing his son. Come on, dude, what is this? The trailer park? But you watch the show, and <laughs> I, I, yes, it is. Yes, I'm, yes, I'm going to admit, yeah. I watch the show, not right. for the bikes. That's probably the most. You know, god no, you awful watch way to it build to a watch bike. these guys yeah, implode. It's, it's better than a soap opera. For when me. Mikey is the hero in your show, <laughs> your show yeah. is truly yeah. Lowest yeah the guy that rides down, the right? Honda Metropolitan is right. really the guy that's winning right. the race here. Yeah, when he's your when he's the hero of your show. So I just wanted to get nominated. everybody out there's opinion on what they think about this. Now it's it's only relevant now. This all happened last November, so it's been in the news before this, but now it's relevant because it was on the show last week, and it's you know, well now that's thing, newsworthy. Yeah, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to send my bank a letter that says I'm invoking the Paul Tuttle rule. Yeah, <laughs> that that Paul Tuttle says that I don't have to pay my mortgage this month because my house ain't worth what it was when I bought it. Well, there you go. Well, why stop at mortgages? I bought my car. I drove it off the lot. It's not worth it's what not I worth paid what for, I it. for it anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm prorating my payments. I've talked to my financial analyst, and he says I should stop paying until this economy sorts itself out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my house has some value again. I'll start paying for it. <laughs> well, that'll work. Well, the idea being, he said that the the, the news clip clip says that they stopped paying because of uh, this was a negotiation tactic. Oh, nothing, just... nothing gets GE's. I mean, dealing with GE That's through the not shop, a negotiation. and right. you know, through, through various businesses, time. you know that 
That's not a negotiation. The, the, that's not no. a negotiation <laughs> tactic with them because they're holding the deed to whatever you right. have. You know, yeah. so right. to them it's just like, oh, you're not paying. Well, it's mine. I own that. I wonder if who goes in the building next just automatically gets a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's that complete white trash logic. I mean, well, I wonder that, who's footing the bill for this lawyer that told him to do that. Who who thought that was a good idea over there? Right, we'll see how it. You know what? Out. The lawyer is getting a shit ton of money for them. He so wins no matter gonna, what. He's going to argue yeah. anything yeah. they tell him to. Mm. Oh, well, argue the sky is red. Sure. Okay, it's going to cost you one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. But he, well, he can't. Well. He can afford it, but he's not going to pay you right. because your services were only worth that much right. when you were doing it. <laughs> if he's going to bone, if he's going to bone his mortgage holder that hard, how well is he going to pay yeah. you, his attorney? Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right, let's get That's back good. to real motorcycles. Real motorcycle stuff. All right. Well, Anybody I just also something? wanted to bring up one mortgage payment for them is building one bike for the hair club for men. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, no. you, you watch when a month from now he's built like a G financial tribute bike. <laughs> <That's for sure. laughs> he's he's going to have to build a lot of them. Well, yeah. build a couple. Yeah, well, it's, it's, well, do it's their bikes one hundred eighty eight thousand dollars? Now, do their months. bikes appreciate in value? Right. I doubt it. No, I've never seen any gonna... motorcycle that no. appreciates yeah. in value. I don't know. Do you think that show would have been <laughs> as popular if there was another motorcycle show you could watch? I mean, a lot of their popularity was like if it was you like motorcycles. Yeah. That's the only show. Well, you they could were really doing West Coast Choppers. So that show is just a reality show. It has nothing yeah. to do with the bikes. Well, West Coast yeah. Shoppers was actually a show where they built bikes and they built in like cool bikes. It was yeah, a fabricator yeah. show. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It was, it was, it was, I mean, Jesse James is not my hero or anything, but he actually no. built things and showed kind of showed you how to do it. You right. Know. Monster Garage was fun, and they decided to say Monster Garage was fun. Let's look more into what this guy does mm-hmm. and make a show out of it. Yeah. You know, so that's that's fine. Anybody else got anything? Well, I kind of like to see since we're talking about shows, talking about Cafe Racer. Yeah, I kind of like to see a less of the Boston Brothers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and B more of the building of the bikes. Yeah, yeah. They, they do come across a few good bikes there. Right. Well, I think the thing with the Cafe Racer show is that they were put into such a small time slot. Yeah, and they've got a lot to cover. You can only stuff so much in a half hour. I I've, I've DVR'd all of them. I've only just started recently watching them, and it it is it's a very good show. Like they, you know, getting the interview with Billy Joel. Yeah, like that, that was cool. That's huge for me. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, that was. I love Billy Joel, and the fact that he's a cool vintage motorcyclist. He went into the fact when he got hit on his motorcycle right. yeah. stuff like that. Do you know his his Harley Cafe racer right now is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on right. display. Yeah. I've never been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'll have to go yeah. check that yeah, out. Kind of, to go. Yeah, kind of clean there's, there's your plug, Terry Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> I have a reason to go to the What I'd like to see more on, on Cafe Racer is, I mean, kind of taking it back a little bit more into, you know, the, guy, the guys that built the bikes. Yeah. Of course, they didn't call them Cafe Racers back then. They called them specials. Right. Um, you know, there were guys that built bikes in their garage, you know, like we do. You know, it's you're in your garage, you're you're doing your thing, you're making your own bike to just love and cherish and ride. To make it special. And to make it yeah, to make it just special. Like you. yeah. You're a special. special yes, and not short I know I'm not special. short bus special. But I would I would like to see them have more just individual guys like that, not businesses or shops yeah. or you know, people that do it for a living, just you know, here's dude in his garage. He's building his bike that he's going to ride himself, not try and go sell on eBay for a shit ton of money like the right. one shop is doing right now. Yeah. That was on Cafe Racer, and they have it in the title. Cafe As, Racer yeah. TV bike. Right. Yeah, well, I've seen I've you seen in, on eBay a lot of the guys that have been on that show have been, 
You know, that that's a promotional tool for them. Sure. And I'm not mm-hmm. gonna fault anybody for trying to make money. No, I don't want to fault them as a business. That's 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 a great yeah. thing. I mean the but show decided to put them on there. I, I do agree with you when you say we gotta get it back to basics. We gotta get it the the garage yeah. is where this started. Right. Let's keep it in the garage, you know. You gotta buy your parts from somewhere. Let's have these companies start doing some more custom parts for people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um obviously you're always gonna have companies that wanna go out there and make money off something. Sure. Um but let's do it in a fashion where it's we're we're not we're not making money off, you know, the the culture. Right. You know, let's keep the culture where it's at. Well, when the culture becomes the vehicle instead of the vehicle being a culture. Right. That's when you start. That's when everything goes back. Well, and that's what's kind of happening. And mm-hmm. I, I I see it kicked around in you know in the the various forums. Well, are we going to see like the fashion accessory cafe racer? You know. Well, of course. Oh, always. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Is is it yeah. going to turn into I've got a uh, right. OCC cafe well, we, racer? We've exactly. already, <laughs> yeah. We've already <laughs> had bolt on kits for your Triumph. Right. Your Enfield, or any of those, Enfield's you know? got a bolt-on package. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, well, that yeah. gives that gives people you know that mm-hmm. don't necessarily have the technical skill the ability that that step into the market. Yeah, if you're not going to sit at home and hammer, not everybody can be casting. like you, yeah. Dustin. You did a very good job of well, you know. Thank you, James. you weren't you weren't a mechanic before you started your work on your on your CB360 right. or CL360. Actually, was, but... But you didn't know fuck all about what you were doing. No, yeah, I didn't. I, I, yeah, never, you, you I were, never worked on that particular you, bike. Yeah. It, was a, oh, it was an open book Well, to what me I'm and, saying is yeah. your, your background's in audio engineering. Right. You know, no, you I, I have done you mechanics. You weren't the motorcycle guru of... No, no, no. Right. I've done mechanics as a hobby, but, you know... Your shop is your two-car attached garage. Right, exactly. You showed that you could go out there and do it with the tools you had in your garage... Mm-hmm. Spending very little money, and that's that's what I believe it should be. What impresses that's me <laughs> is when we do these non douchebag bike nights. That, as disorganized as it is, and as funny as like it's this funny, hilarious phone chain of like, okay, we're gonna get together Thursday night, and we're gonna meet it wherever Melt or whatever. And uh, the non douchebag bike There's night our plug. Hey, way to go, <laughs> here you go, Melt. Uh, we like sandwiches. The uh, <laughs> crankies. We like beer. Right. When we do a non douchebag bike night and we go out, the bikes that show up never cease to amaze me. Uh, when the guy shows up on the CV750 with the CX500 gas tank, and it's beautiful, and he's done everything himself, and it just is beautiful. And that bike shows up, you're like, wow, that's really something cool to look at. And you get to stand around and you pull, you know, and literally you stand there and stare at it and point at it and go, oh, I recognize that, I recognize that. The guy used some good, clever, you know, ingenuity to build that motorcycle. And I love that. And Cleveland's really rich. We keep seeing bikes show up. And when we did the mods and rockers, mods and rockers, where did those people show yeah, up? From? I met people that were, were local, crap. local people I had never met wait, before. Yeah. Wait a second, and how, they had, how many RE five rotaries yeah. have you seen in your life? Yeah. And one shows up and it's mint museum condition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Running, I was running, like, who are you people? How come I have never right. seen you? Matchless before, shows you know? up and the matchless shows up and it's gorgeous. You know, I did get to meet a lot of cool people yeah. out of that event. So I was really happy to see that the DNA is deep and strong. Yeah, uh, in this town, and it was really great to see all these. Amazing bikes show up, well, and it became cool. a problem when it came time to give out awards. A lot of those people would normally go out. They yeah. would normally meet up with other people right. to go out and ride. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're not going to go out to non-douchebag yeah. bike night. Well, know? those are people that all they have or all they know about in Cleveland is their uh, Quaker Steak and Lube right. bike nights. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were convinced um, that was the only thing going yeah. on. So yeah. we're hoping that and this is going to bring some more people. A lot of people. A guy on a they stick home. They don't do. Yeah, a guy on a vintage motorcycle doesn't want to go to a Quaker Steak and Lube because. You know, 
he's going to either get laughed at by the Harley guys. Right, he knows none of get, those people get give peeled a shit. out in front of by the sport bike guys, or he might meet one guy there that shares his passion. And I'm that's not it. going anywhere that has a burnout pit that actually holds your front wheel in a chalk. Okay. Well, the other thing too is I'm going to a bike night, not necessarily to just show off my bike, but to see other bikes. And I'm not going to go to a bike night. Well, I don't think there's something there that I want to see. I right, like, five thousand of the same bike. I mean, yeah, it yeah. doesn't make me excited. Like he died and gone to soft tail heaven. Right, exactly. You know, we talked about the motorcycle show earlier, and I'm just going to give a plug for our buddy Jesse at Gas Box. Yeah, didn't win the award <laughs> uh, um, really? for best build. Um, <coughs> he he had he had he a beautiful the BSA box. there that he built, and some. What was that? That was a Harley. Uh, oh god, it was. Awful. It was just all painted, Whatever. flamed, and stuff. Yeah, and I just wanted to it. say that that was very irritating. But Jesse's bike just oozed it, class. It was perfect. It was class. The only reason perfect. he didn't win is because he didn't stuff the ballot box. That's the only reason right. he didn't well, win. Because everybody reason. I talked to saw that bike and went, "God damn, that's amazing." We were standing over by it, Dustin and I. I was looking at it, and well, I had four or five beers in me. Yeah. And there's this old guy standing there looking at the BSA, and I look at it, and I look down the way, and I see this big honking thing with oh, the car the tire in the back, ass. and <laughs> the Spider-Man looking thing going on, and oh, the I go, coffin you old man, dude. what's cooler, this yeah. or that? He right. looks down at that, looks back at the BSA, goes, that? Well, Jesse's go, bike doesn't is. have 400 pounds of Bondo in it, you know? It's not <laughs> yeah. a parade float. Not, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but remember, remember, though, after that, you said, well... Which do you think would be more comfortable to ride, right. this or that? Yeah. And he goes, "Oh, this one." Yeah, you know, and, and like is, didn't even didn't even skip a beat. Just pointed right at Jesse's bike. And goes, "Oh, this one." You know the strange thing is, I've ridden that BSA, mm-hmm. and it's rideable, and it's totally right. And when you yeah. ride it, it feels totally right. Feels like a motorcycle. So you know, hats off to Jesse for building a gorgeous motorcycle, and for building a bike that, you know, that any person can get on and ride, and it looks gorgeous, and it's artwork. Well, that know? bike's gonna be that bike's gonna be cool. Now, yeah, it'll, it'll be, be cool, cool 200 years forever, from now. You know, right. like, <laughs> it's timeless. Yeah, it, it, like I said, it's classy, it's timeless, it's yeah. just a gorgeous looking. I didn't mean to get off topic there. I just, no, that's okay, it, that's fine. I thought it had to be yeah. said because he put a lot of work and energy yeah. and love and passion into that bike, and right. that's just something he loves doing. And yeah. I think it's perfect. That's yeah, and, you know, yeah, it was instead perfect. of instead of painting flames on something, you know, no, he I mean, just did a nice classy <clears> black bike, and the gold leaf that's on it is perfect. Oh, yeah, and gold leaf. Who you? Uses gold leaf anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> apparently Jerry Koenigsmark does plug for Jerry's, you know, house of color mm-hmm. because that paint was gorgeous. You looked at that motorcycle and the paint was twenty-seven feet deep. Yeah, and the the gold leaf was beautiful. So yeah. you know, hats off to Koenigsmark because he did a great job. By the way, that's all local talent that built that bike. Yeah, none of that got farmed out. Mm-hmm. So really, man, damn good bike. Yeah, you know? oh, completely. I'd ride the tits off that thing. Oh, beautiful bike. And you know what? Uh, the current owner does ride the tits off of it, so nice. That makes so good. Happy. I, I'm you glad. You spend that much money on motorcycle, you better be damn right. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm real happy that I'm real happy that those two found each other because they got a beautiful bike out of. Is the there deal. a ballpark estimate for how much that was worth? Or I, somebody said something I, about like you know if we could get sixty thousand dollars. I don't want to embarrass anybody. I think somebody said something. If we could get sixty thousand dollars for it, we'd sell it. Kind of. Deal. I heard fifty, but that's perfect. See, you know, uh, Royal Enfield. Uh, we are. We're fun because, you know, we have Royal Enfields in our shop, and we kind of dig the new ones, and we're scared of the old ones. We hate working on the old ones because they're tragic. But the new ones with the fuel injection and the unit motors and stuff are a lot of fun. So they've got a new CEO. And anytime you hear about an Indian company that rescued a British company in, you know, 1971, Royal Enfield, the British company went away. 
they were done. But their licensee, who they'd licensed in 51 to build their bikes, oh, just kept on building them. You know, so you can go out of business if you want. That's fine. But we got all your tooling. We're just going to keep building shit. That's it. And that's kind of cool. Like, that's the death of imperialism right there. When the Indian guys are like, oh, they can go out of business if they want. Insert bad Indian accent here. You know, we have the tooling. We're going to keep building them. As long as people will buy them, we'll build them. We're still working. You might as well keep building. Yeah, right. Why? We still have material. Keep going. The company's out of business. Y'all are fired. No, that shit never happened in India. Yeah, I'm not going home. I'm not going home. Right. Are you kidding me? My kids are chained to the machine. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Zing. (laughs) Okay. All right. So anyway, they got a new CEO, and his name is, uh, and hang with me on this one, Dr. Dr. Venki Padmanban. Or Padmanban. Padmanaban. Padmanaban works for me. So so initially you hear that and you're like, okay, one, dot not feather. Immediately. <laughs> okay. Two, well, they, they they hired their own and rock on. But you start to think, like, where did they find this Indian guy to rescue the company, or not rescue the company, to be the new CEO? Because this is a new day for Royal Enfield. Yeah. The new technology is there. Doctor of what? Well, <laughs> doctor, yeah, doctor. Yeah, engineering, well, you know, doctor fact, in business, you know, whatever. The more you start looking into this guy's account and the more you start realizing <laughs> who he is, um, you realize he might have a little yinzer in him. Because, in <clears> fact, <throat> he got his doctorate. In Pittsburgh. No way. Ah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, he got his Ph.D. in industrial in- engineering in Pittsburgh. Uh, he spent a whole lot of time working in Flint, Michigan with Cadillac. Nice. That's a Newcastle being opened right there. Uh, that's a brown beer. Plug. So, plug. Yeah. Plug. Highlife Newcastle. Highlife plug. Highlife Newcastle, so high life case plug. Newcastle high life. and Highlife. Yeah, Highlife's good, too. <coughs> so this dude, uh, one of his previous jobs, he worked for uh, Detroit. And he worked for General Motors. And you remember when Cadillac stopped being the boats for old people and started being kind of like the Euro touring sedans? Mm-hmm. Like no. the CTS and the STS? <laughs> the Katera. The Katera, the caddy that About zigs? 2001. Right. Okay. Uh, the, that's all his fault. The Citroën? Oh, no kidding. <clears throat> yeah. So apparently the reason that Cadillac went to all these uh, more modern European high-speed sedans, when Cadillac started being able to go 140 miles an hour and weren't just cushy boats for silver-haired people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when he was working there. That's one of the things he did. And then he also went and worked for uh, Daimler Chrysler. Okay. And Ooh. so he did that. And he you went know, to makes... Germany. And worked... <laughs> no, he went to Germany and worked for Mercedes. Well, that makes a lot of sense because yeah. I'm a mechanic. I work on all those, those that version of Cadillac. Yeah. And they're, it's complete and utter German engineer. It's a German engineered car. It's a German car. So that's this all. is that guy. So it's kind of interesting that he's become their new CEO. And his idea was to move this company that had this reputation of being this, you know, the Royal Enfield Bullet and this military-grade vehicle. And it really hadn't changed a lot since 1951. But now all of a sudden they're fuel-injected, five-speed transmissions, and you can actually ride the damn things. Uh, but since the introduction of the uni- motor, the fuel-injected motor... Royal Enfield, when everybody else on the planet's lost their ass, has had a 21% growth in sales. That's big numbers. I mean, that's huge numbers. They have a 54% growth in turnover, whatever the hell that means. But who cares? Their company's double-digit profitable right now. What's your theory? Here's my theory. When you give somebody fuel injection in a vintage motorcycle that looks like it's from the 50s, a bike they won't have to turn wrenches on every day. It is from the 50s. Right. (laughs) Right on. Yeah. It... People are going to probably buy the thing, mm-hmm. you know, and no other company is doing exactly what they're doing. But they've got some new models that they introduced in New York City this year at the motorcycle show. They got a classic Chrome, which is the C5 we've been looking at, but the whole damn thing's Chrome. 
Uh, it's a chrome tank, chrome side panels, chrome headlight nacelle, and uh, but on the chrome they've laid a beautiful maroon with gold pinstripe outer onto the chrome. Oh, cool! It actually looks really nice. Uh, give them credit for tasteful. It's really it's a good looking bike. The, remember, we always are confused about what's a G five and a C five, and nobody can differentiate between the two. Okay, yes. cool, great. <clears throat> they're dropping the G five moniker <coughs> and calling it what it was called in India before, and they're calling it the Electra. So the Electra, wonderful, wonderful. It's a name, right? Yeah. You like well, the names now, are great. now I want people <clears throat> asking me about G five, right? G fives and right. And the classic, uh, the C5 is going to be called the classic. So there's the Electra and there's the classic. Are we getting the 750? Though? Interesting. You should bring ah, that up. I was just going to say they're right. not doing shit until I get <coughs> the right. interceptor. 750. Until I get I, that's what I want. Well, within two years you'll have your interceptor. Excellent. So I'll yes, start saving now. Now built yeah. in India. Yes. So the interceptor, uh, the interceptor. And they may not call it the Interceptor. My money's on that they will call it the Interceptor. Will be a parallel twin between 600 and 750 cc's per Mr. Padmanaban's own declaration. He's the CEO of the company. He ought to know. So, yeah, we're going to be getting a parallel twin, which is great because uh, that's going to, you know, usually when you go from a single cylinder 500, which we all know has the torque that you love and it'll pull wheelies off the lights, but you kind of run out of steam on the top end. You get yourself a twin, a parallel twin 750. Top speed is no longer going to be Royal Enfield's weak suit. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. really nice. We're excited to hear that. They're also doing a diesel, and the diesel's called the Himalayan Touring. Oh, stop get it. That is cool. Yeah. We'll never see that. Well, they already do have a Royal Enfield diesel that you can buy in India, but it's not available for outside markets. And I can also buy a Bajaj in India. <laughs> right. Just, <laughs> just, just a, yeah. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Factory's closed. Just, just a touch base on the diesel thing. I also yeah. heard Hero Honda. Right. That's the Indian Honda company yep. is doing doing yeah. a diesel version of their, their motorcycles now. Awesome. So really... Um, extra stinky motorcycle. Yeah. Love so it. for people... I though, ride two-strokes, man. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, diesel stink will blow two-stroke away. I would rather smell a two-stroke any day of the week than be riding behind somebody on a diesel. But for the people that do ultimately squeeze the penny until Lincoln's head bleeds, mm-hmm. a diesel motorcycle yeah. is going to get fantastic miles per gallon. Mm-hmm. If it's built anything like these... C5s are built and the G5s are built that we get right now, it is going to be military strength. Oh, yeah. And it will probably get, um, you know, 200 miles to the gallon. Yeah. Because already they're getting 80 miles to the gallon on their current motor, which seems impossible. I wouldn't believe if I hadn't done it myself. Dude, let's start thinking about this. Biodiesel conversions. Why not? Oh, I mean, it's it's a to... motorcycle. Yeah. You don't need to convert anything. Yeah. Well, that that kind of goes back, though. We know nice. we had. In a, oh, that's another Newcastle. In the yeah. previous podcast, when we were talking about fuel mileage, like the way to get it is lower RPM right. and a lot of torque. That Higher, equals diesel. Yeah. So yeah. that equals diesel. So that's pretty cool. Uh, it was nice reading the guy's resume. That was pretty sweet. Uh, just finding out how much time this guy spent in America, and in fact that he's not just some, you know, uh, outsourcing kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, to find out what he's been building so really i mean that's kind of cool to hear and and we've had a pretty good experience with royal enfield like the people that are building people that are sorry the people that are distributing them here in the united states actually give a shit so when we call them their u.s distributor really cares he Mm -hmm. listens to the things we say and he brings stuff out they've got a cafe racer package that's available in the uk that Mm -hmm. we're working on getting here so for some people uh who want a 500 thumper 
mm-hmm. there's a bike out there. And from what you said, with all the the few minor bulletins they came up with, they came straight on. Oh real Jesus! Fast. They did a transmission mm-hmm. recall, and they did a transmission recall like Toyota recalls a truck. Yeah, they missed nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they sent us more parts and paid us for the hours. Yeah, you've been privileged to that. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody that had that transmission recall ended up with a stronger transmission yeah. Yeah, than you ever a, could have hoped for. Yeah, they they replaced every gear. Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't a band aid. It was like we're giving you performance quality parts. Yeah, we're giving yeah, you race yeah. quality. They gave you a, a steeper second gear. Yeah, I was really cool impressed. Stuff. I was impressed with the way they handled it. They didn't mm-hmm. screw around. So more power to them, right? Oil tightness. Everyone that's coming through is. We haven't seen a leaker yet. No. Yeah, I mean that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's the best thing about that's the new ones, yeah. I think, is, you know, you could, the the pre-unit motors yeah. had a tendency to leak because, obviously, there's, it's more, a gasket, motor, yeah, there's right? more gasket surface there, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's going to leak somewhere. you got to bolt, mm-hmm. right. bolt stuff together. Yeah. Um, the new stuff is... And we have customers pretty, that have put, like, 10 or 12, 13,000 miles on the bike in a year and are just beating the crap out of them and yeah. using them like it's, a, you know, they're using it like a Swiss Army knife. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it makes you feel good. Well, that's well, kind of how it's built. Yeah. Right. The recall they did was the smartest thing they could have possibly done because, you know, that's that's more than, like, advertising dollars, anything that they would put in advertising yeah. and all that. When you are publicly seen as taking care of a known problem with your product, you know. Before it happens. Before it happens, Exactly. That is huge for you right. know customer loyalty. Well, we hadn't experienced huge failure for one in our shop with the bikes yeah. we'd sold. Yeah. Not one problem, but they took care of it. And what they say, every company has problems. It's how you deal with it mm-hmm. that sets you apart as a company. Yeah, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but the fact that uh, Classic Motor Works, the distributor for Royal Enfield, I mean, granted, we all, a lot of us in this room have some stake in them. But they are they are a company that that's run like a small company. It's run like a family business. Yeah. And when I call to order parts or I call to talk about a technical question, I get Kevin Mahoney, the president right. and owner of Classic Motorworks, on the phone. Nice. That's awesome. He's the Very guy nice. that picks up the phone, and I go, "Well, I need to order this part." He goes, "Oh, well." I'm like, "Could you put me to your parts distributor?" He's like, "No, I'll, I'll just take. I'll your, take care. I'll of take it. your order now." Let me walk over and, to the other computer. And, yeah, and that's and that's great, you know, yeah, because yeah. it's amazing when you start dealing with these bigger companies, you can't get someone on the phone, and just dealing with you get lost various other people that we deal with, and yeah. and I know you, you you have to dial one number for parts, another number for this and that, mm-hmm. another number for this and that, and they switch hands so frequently. Like right. one minute I might be talking to Karen. And then the next day I call. Well, Karen's in a different department now. I got to talk. I got to talk to Gene. Well, Karen was actually in India. So yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's weird. Royal Enfield doesn't outsource to India. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird. That's bizarre, oh, man. That's amazing. I might feel okay if somebody said hello and thank you for calling. Yeah. I'd probably feel a little better than because like, okay. yeah. that's yeah. the guy that's got one in his garage and he's yeah. working on it as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, they do a hell of a job. They're uh, well. Uh, were you saying something about the uh, you know the percentage of sales the U.S. versus percentage of the sales mm-hmm. uh, in India is something like yeah. I had, their their sales to the U.S. are like what four percent or four percent or something. Tiny. Be- between yeah. Europe and America, I think we and don't quote me on these numbers, but I read an article that said we make up for four percent. Right. The of fact they're giving market. us the time of yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Right. yeah. Thank right. you for building EPA and, compliant and, bikes. And they're not building, yeah. if they do come out with the interceptor, they're not building that for the Indian market. No. Um, no, they won't. Anybody be, that right. knows anything yeah. about the Indian market knows that. that interceptor's for they, us. They have mm-hmm. a they displacement less, right? yeah. tax. 
So anything over a certain amount of CCs, they have to pay extra for. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you can look at That's what a they're Harley all, would cost. They're co- all 350s over there. Yeah. yeah. What a Harley would cost them in <clears throat> India, which Harley just opened in India. Right. They opened some, some shops. Right. Um, what a Harley would cost them would make my brother-in-law, who's a Harley guy, right. to tears. And he paid a lot. He paid like $30,000 for his motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And you know, so 180 they, CCs is a big motorcycle in India. Yeah. And the yeah. 350 is their best seller. That's their cruiser. Yeah, they're, uh, you know, they're... Th- 350 cc motorcycle and the 500 was always boy if you've got a bullet 500 you have arrived yeah. like you were you were making some shit mm-hmm. happen if you've got a 500 so you know totally different markets obviously and they're not well, buying these bikes just to you know ride them on the weekends these oh are god no man yeah, they're, yeah. they're, <laughs> they're going to the grocery apple. store yeah. these well that's why the interceptor the original interceptor the inception of the 750 enfield was kept being made in Hinkley or not in Hinkley um, in England in Redditch. Uh, in Redditch, England. Yeah. Um, even after they moved all the production for the smaller bikes to right. uh, Royal Enfield. Yeah. And that's your geek your geek note for the day is yeah, exactly. that the Interceptor wasn't one of the bikes that was made in India. It was it never was, made in India. It was mm-hmm. made in England still until yeah. whatever. Until they lost their ass, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, and right. until, until our buddy until Gorb's the, brother <laughs> bought the two he owns. And yeah. <laughs> that was the end of the game. When they told the British... We're done. The British said, okay, fine. Yeah. We're yeah. done. This yeah. imperialism thing yeah. ain't working out for Who's, us. The, how the many Indians people like, out there have really seen a Royal Enfield Interceptor? And if they've seen it, how right. many of them have been running? I mean, right. I've only seen one. Yeah. I saw one I'm running. Yeah. And, and was exactly. that Gorbo's brother? It was brother. brother. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're talking the, about the same the bike. Games. Yeah. Once again, there's one running Interceptor, yeah. and they're all sharing it. Well, it's a funny thing. Ever since, you know, we got the Enfield line here in Cleveland yeah. at, at the shop, um, every time I see a piece of footage from India right. that's of, like, the streets, you know, motorcycle scooters and everything going yeah. by, I'm just like, Enfield, Enfield, oh, Enfield, yeah. Enfield, I mean, Enfield. You just see him going by nonstop. That is their Harley just, name. Just, yeah. like, just yeah. like Shane thinks Bajaj every time he sees it. <laughs> Bajaj! Yeah. 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 Well, I was, I was amazed today on Craigslist. Someone's got a Cheetech for sale. I go, wow. I look at it. It's red. We're, it's we're brothers. Yeah. Red, yep. it's perfect. It's $1,500. Are you crazy? Hey, those are But it's a Vespa. Yeah. Those are those are very desirable. Oh, it's a great bike. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> yeah. in India, that bike Strong is... Strong like bull. Yeah. <laughs> India, Never died. Uh, maybe... In, in India, you would trade... On it. You would trade two goats and your younger sister yeah, for it. Yeah, there you go. It probably did. It was everyone, an Akron. Yeah, everyone hates it. <laughs> my bike's too loud. I'm, I'm selling you this motorcycle, this scooter with a letter from my neighbor telling me to change the exhaust. <laughs> so James has got this project that he's been working on for Mods and Rockers. Tell us a little bit about it. Um, well, last year's Mods and Rockers was a huge success, and uh, we've been shooting around some different ideas to get a little more publicity for it, and what we decided to do, me and my friend uh, Josh, Anglophile Josh is what I call him, I've called him that since before I really knew him, um, he, he likes his British bikes, obviously, and his British soccer, and his British beers, and his British everything. <laughs> so, British we decided this year... <laughs> British teeth. <laughs> so, so, so we decided this year. We really to, like you. It's okay. Take it easy. Yeah. We decided this year we're going to do a bike build off in conjunction with Mods and Rockers. Um, 
And the bike build-off is going to be a budget bike build-off where we're going to start out, we're going to say, you as a builder can't start out with anything that costs you more than $500. Nice. And uh, you're not going to get any points for if you only paid $250 for it because the art of negotiation shouldn't be on how bad you can chisel a guy down from, you know, X amount of dollars, you know, and get your bike for $250 because we know Phil is the master negotiator around here and... We can't can't compete with that. Well, also somebody could be buying a perfectly good motorcycle off their you know brother-in-law, and have a title that says, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I, "I paid fifty bucks for this." Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. You know. So five hundred dollars is the spirit. So five hundred dollars. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna call it the you know the spirit of the competition or the spirit of the thing. Be um, honest. Be honest. Yeah, and that's basically it. We we are we're all in the same hobby. We all do the same stuff. So let's just be honest with what we paid for it. And if I look at your bike and yeah. I think you paid yeah. nine hundred for it, and that's gonna look stupid at that point. <laughs> and that's and that's what we said. We we know nobody went out there and bought an H two for fucking five hundred dollars. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We know nobody's out there and they got a KZ one thousand for five hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. And if you do. I want your number. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I'll give you twice what if you You're rolling a 74 CB350. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. You know, if you, got a, right. if you got a GS or something, you know, right. yeah, okay. We yeah. believe you. Um, so, what we're going to do is we're going to base all the points off how much you spend on the bike. Um, now, when I say spend on the bike, we're only talking parts and stuff. All the work has to be done by you in your garage. You know, and that's really the spirit of the thing is cafe racers and stuff like that were meant to be home-built bikes. And and now by you, you mean this This is a team event, so it could by, by you could be like you and the three other members of your team or two we other... We decided we've got a lot of, lot of little clicks in Cleveland where, you know, we have like you guys with your uh, 45s garage and stuff like that where you got four guys that hang out in a garage and, you know, you, you wrench on stuff. So we decided, yeah, we'll do team event this year and uh, maybe next year we'll... We'll think about going solo, but and it's it also comes down to the fact that you know one guy might be good at painting, one guy might be good at welding, one guy might be good at tuning motors, you know, and that's really where it's going to come in. We want to see um, the group effort, and and not even in the sense that just within your team, because we also want to bring into the fold that we're going to have a forum on on the interwebs. You guys might have heard of that. Um, that we're going to have. People. Yeah, that's the hillbilly internet, right? It's a series <laughs> <Yeah>. of tubes. <laughs> We're going to have people post up on there. You know, if I've got a welder or something and I, you guys want to come over and use it, go ahead, you know. Because really what we want to do is get some cohesion. And help our, each other out. Yeah, we, you know, because there, there are guys out there that might not have the tools to build a beautiful bike, but they have the, the vision and the, and the skill. But, you know, not everybody's got the money to lay down on a welder. Not everybody's got the money to lay down on a paint booth or, you know, sandblaster. And that's really where it's going to come in. We want everything to be done by you, the person building the bike or the team building the bike. Um, Let's say you can borrow somebody's welder. You yeah. can borrow somebody's sandblaster. Those are the Amish rules. You can borrow right. somebody's Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but you're not borrowing someone's skill. Right. You know, exactly. we wanna, yeah. That's kind of like what you're saying is actually you're going to learn something from this. Right. Exactly. Which and that's is, and we yeah. and the real point of it is we want to show a lot of people out there that might be afraid to, you know, you you bought a $500 motorcycle. Cut it up. Who cares? Right. What's the worst that could happen? You know, you're out $500. Right. You know, let's let's get out there. Let's do some new stuff. You know, you might have saw mm-hmm. something you at a motorcycle show or at an event and you said, "Oh, well, that's really cool." Well, I could probably do that, 
but you don't have the the cojones really to to go out there and chop up a a motorcycle. Yeah. This is your opportunity to build a gas tank out of a mailbox. I know you're talking Exa- about that. Well, yeah. well, well, John, John's been John's been the one that's saying he wants to, and I'm just going to do the disclaimer. We're not saying go out and do this, but aluminum aluminum stop signs. Right. Yeah, we, that's going to be my body work. There's one on every corner. <laughs> no. Just hit it with your car. Right. So, so I think it's going to be a really cool thing to, to get some different people in the fold. And originally we had discussed about it being a, a localized event. We only want to see local guys coming out and doing this and register for it but really we decided to open it up to a broader spectrum if you're listening to this and you're in detroit pittsburgh really anywhere you know this is this is on the internet and so anybody could be listening to this the judging is going to be at mods and rockers yeah, yeah, yeah. if you want to bring your bike out to this event you know all we're going to require is that you show us a picture of the bike before you started that would be hilarious somebody shows up from amsterdam right they would at, blow us away this trophy man. is so <laughs> important to me <laughs> yeah. their, their their designs over hey there you know what yeah. i'll even throw it out there if you want to come from that far away, I will put you up at my house. Right. There you go. Yep. <laughs> I will take care of the logistics of getting your bike here. I'll pick it up at the airport, whatever I got to do. If you want to come from that far away, but let's do it. But you're not paying it. for it. Yeah. Oh, I'm not paying for it. No. <laughs> a, a week prior to Mods and Rockers, James is going to have a lot of work to do. <laughs> well, and, a lo- and a lot of non-English speaking people in his but, house. But that's the whole point of it. Yeah, exactly. Let's all let's all get together. We're all, you know, we can all be friends. We can all go out there and you know have good time you yeah. know and I, good clean fun you know let's yeah, absolutely the that's more why friends, the better we don't we don't that's see we don't see people right. we don't see people wanting to cheat on this event yeah no. you know who, who's going to be want to win this award by saying oh i only spent a hundred dollars but they went out there and got all their their paint work done you know and here's stuff your like trophy that. we all hate you yeah, exactly uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah and we will call bullshit don't don't worry yeah, even absolutely. if you did it yourself and i don't think you did i'm going to tell you straight <laughs> to your face that you're a liar <laughs> and i'm not trying to compete with phil's 500 dollars channel at, at vintage days, but this is oh. going to be, you know, we're going to we're going to drop this in April. We're going to say this is the start date. So don't go out there hey, right man. now and look in your garage and say, "Oh, I bought that for five hundred dollars," and start welding and stuff right. on it. We we're going to we're going to require proof. We're going to need pictures of the bike with a newspaper or something to prove that you, you started can win both on this events, day. Man, come to Mid Ohio because Mid Ohio is like what Jan- July fifteenth or yeah. something. You can oh, come yeah, out. Yeah, that doesn't can... give you a whole lot of time though. If the, if, hey, if the start date's in April, yeah, I mean, and and you know what, I'll even do it in conjunction in with. Right. I'll tell you know. what. Yeah. You start if you start in July right. at Mid Ohio, yeah. and you decide that I want to make my Mid Ohio bike right. also right. Why my not? mods and rockers. My, my and what we're calling this is going to be the Burning River Bike Build Off. Um, because we decided it's got to be obviously Cleveland, so right. Burning Rivers just become one of those obviously sure. Cleveland things. Yeah. And uh, the Burning River budget bike so build off, rock out. There's, there's no, we're not, we're not going to do, we're not going to say you have to build a cafe racer, build a bike. Yeah, just build a bike, build, build something bike. cool, yeah. impress right. us. Yeah, be judged by a jury. And, of your and, peers. and I'm going to give everybody what they want. My. My approval. Your approval. <laughs> That's what you win out of this. Everybody wants my approval. You get it if you win this. I'm so, not doing it now. The best thing you could possibly do would be to build a Suzuki TC and then sell it to James. <laughs> so we can finally know what it's like to ride one. <laughs> and, and I am going to go out there right now. I am going to build one of my TC 250s for yeah, this yeah, event. Yeah, James right. has already approached me about teaming up with him on right. hey, Ton Unders. Well, come on. The ton yeah, that's mine and, John's, mine and John's group is the Ton Unders. So we're... <laughs> No, I, me, I, I offered it. We said we could do your C, one of your CV 160s. <laughs> let me get this straight. So let's say I've got a bike. Let me let's say I got a bike in my garage right now. 
that I bought two months ago. And it's been sitting there since... No, we know you do. Well, yeah. <laughs> it, it's been sitting there for a while. No, you and... only bought that like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It's been longer than two. It's been about a month now. Hey, no. Whatever. Well, all right, whatever. Doesn't quit it. <laughs> no matter. All right. Um, let's say I'm just going to sit on that bike and say... come And go to... vroom vroom while you sit on it? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I just kind of go, ugh, why did I buy this? Are you going to make Shane go out and buy another piece of shit? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, here's, here's the idea. I want it, but Phil shot and, 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 if, and if I had to do that, I'd, I'd probably lose it. <laughs> well, you've had that TC right. for uh, about two years now. Well, I've I got, was going to say, we know James is not going to go out and buy yet another I'm, yeah. TC. Yeah, I've got two TCs. Right. He's going to um, go to his garage and pick and choose. Like, eh, okay, I'll do this uh, one. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you, yeah. You're so, ugly. So, so really, if, if, you've got a, if you've got a bike out there that you bought, you know, last year Sitting or, you know, two months ago. Yard. I mean, I think that's great. If this... If this contest wow. gets you to dig into your pit of junk bikes and yeah. be like, you know what, let's get this one. Yeah, pull Finally out that old junk, you know? Yeah, because yeah. how, how many of us have, like, a bike sitting there going, I'll eventually get to it. And if, yep. if any of you need a $500 project bike, come and talk to me at the shop, because i got a warehouse <laughs> full of that crap. And, and, <laughs> and here's the thing. That's, that's half my garage. If this <laughs> motivates you to even get that bike just running, right. don't even yeah. do anything cool You're a winner. Thing. Great, yeah. 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 yeah, you know, bring it out regardless. You know, even if you don't think you're going to have a whole lot of time. Yeah, now, let's see. Now, do you have to ride the bike there? No, that's, what are those? Well, we like? we came into a me and Josh came into a disagreement. I thought that having it go on the ride would be the way to judge. Yeah, it. I agree. But but Josh said, I no, well, I think that's a, a good of, idea. Well, you can buy a lot of five hundred dollars bikes, but they don't have titles. So you run into the the whole problem. Do do we want to condone people riding on fictitious plates? We're not condoning it. We're just saying we're not police officers. You know that's that's actually that is actually not our problem. I'm not the DMV. I'm not a cop anymore. (laughs) Anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's not our problem. That's still a point of contention between me. (laughs) To be honest, I think I think if the bike shows up, it's running, it's rolling, it's got a plate on it. No questions asked. Well, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna beg, borrow, or steal a dyno tester and a qualified technician to run that dyno tester because, Lord knows, I would just look at it and kick it a couple times and <laughs> hope that it did its job. It still wouldn't work. <laughs> but what to we're gonna do? <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna bring out a dyno tester, um, whether it's from one of these places local or if I gotta convince Phil that he finally just really needs to buy one. Yeah, I see <laughs> me buying a dyno transmission. Yeah. Um, He's too busy buying motorcycles, man. <laughs> But we're going to give some points awarded on how many horsepower your bike is over the factory settings. And I know, oh, my God, the factory was never right. <laughs> doesn't matter. That's not my problem. You know? <laughs> pick, pick up, pick up a, a cycle world from 1976 yeah. right. and re- write the, re- read the write-up on right. it. Oh, they'll tell you how many dynos. You, yeah. you're you have factory. to show some documentation or something. Yeah. Or, uh, right. Here's the article. Here's, no, here's I, the manual. I'll, here's do, the I'll even do my due diligence. If you post up. Previ- yeah. Previous to we'll the look rally, yeah. I'll look into it. I'll, take I'll the get the factory horsepower. And, go on the interwebs and, right. and if go, you want to okay. dispute it and say, "Well, no, the one I had written up," well, then you're an <laughs> asshole, and I'm not talking to you anymore. <laughs> you can just go to that. Uh, what what is it? Bikeefx.com. Yeah, or something yeah, like yeah there's that. tons they, of they websites out there. So you Google, you can figure even out if you want me to pick the lowest horsepower that was quoted that your bike. Yeah, I'll I'll do that. You know, you can Google my Yahoo. But the idea is. That'll be our way of making sure the bike runs and making sure it. Right. I mean, because when you dyno test a bike, it's not just in first gear, you know, half throttle. You know, they they, they ride those wide open. So yeah, to run them. If yeah. it's gonna break, it's gonna break. Nice. Yeah. So, so and I thought it'd be a cool event. It'd be more fun if it broke on the ride, though. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Shit, when you break down 50 miles away from yeah. the event and you got to put anything back in the pickup tr- in the back of a pickup truck. Yeah. Oh, I, I had man. too many people whinging that we didn't have a chase truck last year. So, yeah, tough. <laughs> guess what? There won't be one this year. Either, yeah, exactly. So it. It's called faith. Yeah. <laughs> Get your own pace truck. If, if I'm not allowed to, to ride on my own ride, right. I'm definitely not driving a truck. No <laughs> shit. Yeah. Have your wife's phone number in your phone. Yeah. Triple yeah. yeah. A. Triple A, exactly. AAA, yeah. Last year before the ride, we had our little safety briefing and I gave everyone the number for Baker Towing and I said they were given special rates for the event. So if you break <laughs> down, don't call me, call Baker. No, he was. He, really? Yeah. He said he was giving us special yeah. rates for the yeah, event. Yeah, we contacted him. They oh, were cool. one of our yeah. sponsors, quote unquote. That's yeah. pretty cool, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. ba- Baker doesn't fuck around. Oh, he, no, was, no, play, he was playing on making a mint. He was, and he's got his own setup just for motorcycles. Oh, yeah, he did that. Yeah, he's got his flatbed that set up just for motorcycles. So he's got wheel trucks on it and stuff? What, yeah, it's got oh, wheel yeah. trucks, yeah. Nice. He's got a little Toyota Tacoma with a little, like, what we'd call landscape trailer mm-hmm. behind it. And he's delivered more bikes to our shop on the back of that landscape trailer. I've had the privilege of getting my one of my scooters towed by him. Yeah, Another go. shameless <laughs> plug. Way to go, Drinky. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't drunk at the time. I was actually delivering flyers for one of the your shop's events. Yeah, I so was less fault, than though. legal. I was it's less. My fault. No, it's not Phil's fault. But I was less than legal at the time. Didn't yeah. have plates. Didn't have a license. You're easy to blame. You <laughs> That's fantastic. Care. I want to bring. A, I'm totally going to hog the mic for a second because I'm so excited. I'm more excited. And I about just can't hide it. This, yeah, and I just. Can't I'm hide about it. to lose control. Oh, and I just don't like it. <laughs> and I think. I no, like I think it. I like it. I think That's I like right. it. Well, so right. way to ruin I'm, that. I was singing the emo version. We'll play anything. <laughs> yeah, we'll play anything. Oh hell, let's uh, plug the lake right now. The worst radio station ever. <laughs> Yeah, find a genre. So they uh, recently on eBay, I bought another motorcycle. It's because it's been like six days since I bought a motorcycle. And uh, <laughs> so I, I saw w- you looked a little. You know, I was you, feeling a little weird. I had your validated. eyes were sunken in. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't validated myself in a little. Yeah, while. you haven't called me in a few days. Yeah, and shit. I was, I was like, bad. damn, I haven't heard from Phil. So one of those like three o'clock in the morning, had a few cocktails in me. We will be having an intervention with Phil on one of these podcasts. No eventually. way, man. I'm not <laughs> intervening whatsoever. <laughs> Never. <laughs> so uh, there was a motorcycle that came out in the mid '90s that I really liked when it first came out, and I just kind of it oh, went no. off my radar because Honda decided to stop selling it. America. It had one of the worst names for a motorcycle you could ever come out with. It's called the CB1000. Wait for it. Big one. That's <laughs> the right. The big one. The big one. The big the one. The CB1000 big one. So and we can officially say that now that Phil has a big one. I got a big one, yeah. Oh, exactly. Nice. And uh, in other markets, they were smart enough to Phil's rename it. Big one. Yeah, in other markets, they were smart enough to rename it the Super 4, which mm-hmm. is a much better name than the big one. But what it is, is it's a Honda CBR1000 sport bike motor. Uh, jammed in a, a traditional style frame, a standard, a standard motorcycle, and uh, liquid cooled, and uh, you know, long around, depending on who's lying dyno you listen to, right around 100 horsepower. But uh, really, a pretty standard looking motorcycle, not a ridiculous bike. And in 1995, it was kind of hard to find a motorcycle that wasn't a fucked up motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was either a sport bike or something that was trying to be a Harley. There was nothing in between. And the big one was different. It didn't sell a lot, which immediately has my interest. But some damn fool let this thing go to me for $1,600. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're listening to this, you're not a damn fool. It's, no. <laughs> it, it won't matter. By the time he Times hears this, it's worth every By penny. the time he hears this, Phil will have garage. the motorcycle in his possession. So 
Now make so, sure he signs that title right yeah. away. Right. You're picking yeah. it up Monday, right? Yeah, that's well, I'm not planning on dropping this podcast on Monday, that's so hurry up. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, he ain't going to listen. I mean, who cares? But the idea is just the same. I really kind of dug this bike, but it had a few styling things that were wrong with it. And uh, so what I'm looking at doing is I'm looking at taking this 1995 inline four-cylinder motorcycle and uh, through the strategic use of the die grinder, just minimizing it, and I want to restore. I want to put chrome fenders on it. I want to make the bike look more like something that would have been produced in the early 70s. And I think that um, by looking through parts bins and looking at other limited prototypes that Honda tried... You want to make it look more like a CB and less like a CBR. Yeah, exactly. Right. The more that it looks to me like the motorcycles that I really like, and not even necessarily Cafe Racer, just a standard, bog-standard motorcycle that when you look at it, you're going to have some questions about what year is that bike. Mm-hmm. But with modern running gear and yeah. three big disc brakes and suspension that even in its day they said was fantastic, uh, really a great bike. And it's cheap, $1,600. So $1,600 for a, a running... Get you 100 horses. 100 horsepower. So this is kind of where we're going. And I posted a couple of pictures up of some prototypes that I... Some Japanese prototype artwork and things that I found for that motorcycle. I posted them up to the blog and we're going to try to kind of look through our parts pile and see what kind of fat fenders we can stick on this thing and see what kind of you know seat we can put on it and really do everything we can to have a reliable modern-ish motorcycle that breaks good and goes good and stops good and handles good but it's a thousand cc and it'll be a lot of fun and it won't be a big, I mean this is not going to be a big money project. Mm-hmm. So um, it sounds more like you're going to be taking a lot more off than you're going to be putting out. Yeah, really. When you look at the bike, there's going to be it's kind of minimalist from the factory. The tail section's a little kicky up in the back, so yeah. it's got kind of a Kawasaki Zephyr, you yeah. know, back end to it. Dustin just showed me the picture. Yeah, of it. I, I think that the, the bike stock looks it's, looks it's kind cool. of pretty. The bike yeah. stock looks. I, okay. I, I, I like. I wouldn't, I wouldn't kick yeah. it out of the garage. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. Right there are some there are some styling cues. I wouldn't kick it out of the, 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 the garage for leaking oil. Right, but so we're going to do some you know we'll do some things to it to make it look a little older than it really is and not you know keep the money out of the deal Mm. anyway for a quick wrap-up i want to thank everybody for listening uh this is our third time out you guys are great we've gotten some really good feedback so please uh don't leave us hanging we are now on itunes go figure cleveland moto is actually on itunes ah that's so cool so go to your itunes and click and leave us a review good bad or indifferent we don't give a damn the point is the more reviews we get on itunes the higher What's that? I prefer bad. Yeah, well, whatever. But the no, more no, reviews Shane, we you get, prefer naughty. If if, if you oh, yeah. use my name directly, you'll get this podcast for free. For free, so exactly. Know. Right. Yeah. There's a discount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. The uh, but please leave us a review because the more reviews that we get left for this podcast, the higher up in the rankings, and the easier it will be to find for other people. Uh, with iTunes. That's the way they work. It's weird. We don't know why it works that way, but it doesn't matter good review or bad review. Who cares? What if someone's got a bitch about this podcast? Then you should contact us at our email address, and it is clevelandmoto yeah, that's what you've heard all these times clevelandmoto at gmail because we're too cheap to pay for email dot com. That's gmail.com clevelandmoto at gmail.com Check out our website, clevelandmoto.com You can look at some motorcycles there and some cool stuff. Uh, There's links there to our blog. The blog is a lot of fun Get up on there and find out what kind of piece of crap I'm buying this week. Uh, find out what's going on at the shop. 
more is going to be updated as we go along. But please uh, use this resource. There's a Facebook page. Type in Cleveland Moto. Stop it. Really? Yes, you're on the, Facebook. You're on the face place? There, we're on the face place. That's what right. about MySpace? There is no MySpace. Oh, what my about spaces. Friendster? MySpace oh. is dead to me. Oh. Uh, but please, check us out and... Keep an eye on that, because if you're in Cleveland area and you're listening to this and you own a motorcycle, which I hope you do if you're listening to this, we'd love to have you come out and ride with us. And if you found us by accident because you were looking for flower pruning or something else on iTunes. Or gay porn. Right. Yeah. If you were looking for Cleveland Rotor or something else, that's fine. But yeah, just please leave us some kind of review and some kind of feedback or email us and let us know if you like the podcast. That's it. That's all I got. Thanks for listening. Giggity. Tech tip. Tech tip? Tech tip. Oh. Oh, you want to make this about motorcycles. Make it quick. I got to pee. Hold on. Let's do John's John's Blues Tech Tip. Tech Tip. All right. Intro. Tech Tip Blues. Ready? I got the Tech Tip Blues. (laughs) (laughs) Love me. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. All right. How about that hot, fresh Tech Tip, John? Yeah, John. Yeah, what are we listening to? Well, I mean, you know... I was I was thinking about giving some tech tips on electrical because electrical is like oh, you know like it's this area that nobody is like I'm a mechanic I like working on bikes but I hate touching electrical. Yeah, how, the, how many times have you heard that that, that those little boxes? Oh, I, boxes. I can do anything on a motorcycle, and uh, but I'm not so good at electrical. Yeah, those are little black boxes full of magic smoke, and when the magic mm-hmm. smoke comes out, you have to get a new little black. Box. Or how many times have you picked up a vintage motorcycle and been like, ah, well everything looks good, but the electricals they didn't park fuck. it 30 years ago because it ran perfectly. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, you know, just some of my tech tips. Uh, we'll start off wiring diagrams. Uh, I really highly recommend you look up a wiring diagram for whatever that's bike. That's the map of the London Underground, right? That's right. Yeah. If you can get a good color one, that's that's a that's bonus primo. plus plus. Now, John, you've mentored me in, in electrical a few times. Um, now, Honda ground wires are typically green. Green. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now you think you, you know your your standard thinking is red and black. You know, right. yeah. but on uh, most Hondas it's green. Yeah. Black is often actually a a hot a wire. Hot wire. Yeah. 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 But if you look at the wiring diagram, it'll tell you what goes where. And you know, sit down on the toilet or wherever you. And you what think. color is Earth, John? Earth is uh, it's kind blue, of a blue green. It's blue with clouds. Actually, it's brown. Earth is, Earth is brown. There's brown, some brown yeah. in there. Yeah. Wait, you're, you're going back to Locust. <laughs> well, on like a Honda, brown is usually your taillight. Brown's taillight, exactly. Yeah. And if you get a brown with a stripe, that's the power that's that goes into the switch that then goes to the taillight. Right. And I could go, you know, yeah, we could, I could tell John, you. John is a walking electrical diagram. <laughs> so. But again, you know, so that's one good tip. Also, if you're working on your bike and it has a battery, always hook a battery charger up to it yeah. because that allows you to hook a, a battery charger up to it, leave it on. And you can you can, test you, know, you can sit there and test. You can leave the headlight on for five minutes while right. you try to figure out why the taillight's not on. Uh, I'll say a, I'm a schlub that's never owned a vintage. You're motorcycle. a schlub that's never owned a vintage motorcycle. <laughs> Liar. You are a schlub. What, <laughs> what? What? Like I've got. I just bought a Honda in particular, and it won't start. Even if I'm kickstarting it, why won't it start, John? Well, you, generally, if you got a non-start situation, pull the plug out and check for spark. That's number one. No spark, it's never going to run. So if you got spark, then you usually go to fuel. Do you have fuel? Also, though, you can do a quick little compression test when you have the spark plug out. See, give it a kick and, and yeah. see if you got compression. Yeah. Well, what I'm aiming at is like Hondas in particular have a battery oh, supported oh, yeah. well, starting. Yes, like a Honda, it's not going to fire with a dead battery. There's not enough. Yeah. 
when you kick it once, it's not making enough current. It's not a magneto setup. Right. So even if your Honda CB350 has got a Kickstarter on it, doesn't you can, mean you're yeah. And it's been boy. sitting for 20 years. There's the rare occasion. Like you, you, you're not going to kick it. If you push start it, sometimes you'll actually get the motor spinning fast, fast enough. enough yeah. You might get a little bit of a spark, but generally, no. Don't you love it when you're at motorcycle days and some guy comes up and you see a CB sitting there and a guy comes up and he kicks it over four or five times and it won't start and it won't start and he walks away in disgust. He's like, ah, they're going to start. It's got an electrical problem or whatever. And meanwhile, we all know, baby, I show up with a battery. That bike's fired up. You take a jump box to motorcycle days. (laughs) Jump box, compression tester. That's my tech tip for taking a motorcycle. Can of starting fluid. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, take jumper cables, but... Just uh, a lot of times, if I was jumping a bike off of a car, I'd leave the bike off, hook yeah. it up, let it yeah. charge the battery, yeah. and yeah. then, you know. And then go soft. You don't yeah. want to fry a regulator or anything by, by putting that yeah. much Yeah. Not, not this soon. Not, yeah. <laughs> not this early in the game. <laughs> not this early. They, they, they do, do a good job of frying themselves. Right? Dustin's having way too much fun. John's Blues Tech Tips. John's Tech Tip Blues. In print. <laughs> All right. Cigarette, kiss, cigarette, kiss, beer, and good night, folks. Thank you for listening to Cleveland Moto. If you have comments or topic suggestions, you can leave them at our blog at www.clevelandmoto.blogspot.com or visit our website at www.clevelandmoto.com.